Welcome to Friend Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now your hosts, Brett and Ron White and D-Law, Dan Lawless. Welcome to Pred Wings Podcast, episode 82. 82. <laughs> okay, and our social media, Pred Wings Podcast, Facebook, Discord, Instagram, and X and YouTube, we're at Pred Wings Pod, and you can get us on our email at Podcast at gmail.com. And, of course, there's no Beer League Minute this week because, well, I'm not playing. I'm on IR still. And I don't think I don't think Rat and Ron is playing either. I think he's been on IR I'm, for I, I, I'm seven years. <laughs> yeah, seven years. <laughs> you know, I got, a, I got a lot of – no, I played a couple of years. I played last year. Oh. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of that, the team that we were losing to every week last year, they're in the same Monday league, only there's six teams and three and six or something like that. So they're like what they're like fifth out of six. <laughs> so that shows you how good that league is now. <laughs> yeah, thank God I'm not in it. Every league outgrows me. It's not like I'm outgrowing the league, like, man, I'm getting so good I gotta move up. No, the league just gets that much better, and I'm still there. Just like everybody else. Well, well, well not everybody else, but well, me anyway. Uh, so I think we got some recaps. Only we don't have as many, well, as normal because we're recording a day early. Uh, but I think you still have three of them. I, you want me to kick off the uh, the wings? Sure. Well, it's been a good stretch of hockey for the Red Wings. So we can't be, you know, can't complain. Um, you know, the Detroit went into Seattle to round out their their four game West Coast trip, and they ended up squeaking it out in overtime. They got a nice four to three victory. Uh, Kane and Debrinket, they just make things happen when they are on the ice together. It doesn't matter where they are, what uniform, what city, they just make it happen. Uh, they, you know, they get it to Cider in the, you know, in the early parts of the game you know, to, to get the scoring started, you know, and then, you know, McCann, this game, he, he just, he would not let the Red Wings, he like carried this team on, on his shoulders, it seemed like, because every time Detroit would score, he would come back and score, you know, but unfortunately for, for them, they just weren't able to hold that on, hold that momentum going, but the Red Wings look good. They look good. They look like a team that wants to be out there. Uh, you see Lalone down the bench. He's got that fire. He's yelling. He's screaming. He's swearing. He's sticking up for his guys. Like you, you couldn't be happier in him right now. And you know, and I, I'll go on a little tangent when we get done with this. But you know, they're playing. They played a good game. You know, they took one of the top teams into overtime. I should say a top team, but they're a good team. But took a good team into overtime, and. You know, Sherratt gets the, the overtime winner. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better way to end the, the you know, the, the West Coast trip. Two and two, we'll take that. You know, an unsung hero, and I keep bringing his name up, you know, again and again. And I, I think, you know, I think Huso might be in a little bit of trouble here. And, you know, Alex Lyon has, has shown up to the dance. 
The kid's playing phenomenal hockey. 38 saves out of 41 shots this game. You know, the kid's just been electric. But a good win for Detroit. They needed that. They needed to, to keep that momentum going. You know, that was their second win in a row, and it's just, you know, they got to get on a win streak. Before you go to Colorado, um, Pat, I'm surprised you didn't mention this. Uh, Patrick Kane got his 800th career assist. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, again, you know, I yeah, actually had that, that in my like, notes here, and I just like I overlooked it. So another milestone for him in the last few weeks. Yeah, he's he's playing oh. great hockey. And what's that? I oh, and I should have mentioned that Daniel Sprung, he scored a goal against his own team. So, or his old team. I oh, yeah. Old team. And also, the octopus made another appearance on the Seattle Ice. Yeah, and like they did in Calgary. Claiming as there was in, in Calgary. Like, come on. It's part of hockey. It's been around longer than any of these kids have even were twinkling in their father's eye. But getting on to it, you know, let's move into to the Colorado game. You know, it's not like it used to be. It was boring AF. I shouldn't say boring. It was it was a good game. But when I think of Detroit and Colorado, I think of just pure hatred. Like you look across that that ice and you just want to, you know, you just want to see the fights break out. You want to see the the melees happening. You want to see the goalies out of the net. You know, we were spoiled with that for for years until Gary Bettman, you know, did his thing. But that's a conversation for another day. But, you know, another another good game for Detroit and this would have been their 10th straight game 10th straight game that they have lost to Colorado if they didn't squeak out a win but Detroit forces it into overtime and they get the overtime winner so and know, what a beauty that was yeah but I mean I'm, I'm gonna start right from the beginning Nathan McKinnon is just on another level like we we have that debate and we talk about it all the time. Like you've got your elite, you got your superstars, you got all these categories that, that you like to use. I think you have to put him up there. I mean, just watching him play, he plays a physical game, but not like I'm gonna blow you up at center ice physical. He puts his body out there to to get the puck, to get control of the puck, and he's fast, he's smooth, and his hands are just elite. Like he's he's phenomenal. And he gets the first goal of the game, and I instantly was just thinking to myself, like, okay, what, what is this game going to end up? Because Colorado is one of those teams that you have to put in, you know, that they're as we'll get to it later, but they're in my top ten. Like, they're one of the better teams in the NHL. So this is, you know, this stretch of hockey is a true test of the Detroit Red Wings. Like I had mentioned before, like when they played Edmonton, like those are the games you don't want to blow out get blown out because you want to play against these teams that are, are good hockey teams and, you know, not get destroyed. So the avalanche is one of those teams. And it's like, if we just roll over and take it, you know, then we're definitely still in the rebuild. We're probably buyers at the market or, or sellers rather than buyers. And, you know, the rebuild continues, but Detroit comes out, they get the two to one win. You know, Larkin gets his 25th on a power play goal. Detroit's power play has been red hot. And it's just, you know, Alex Tangay is just really taking these special teams and running with it. And he's doing a phenomenal job. And I'm I'm ecstatic that he's behind the bench right now. I questioned him earlier in the year. I questioned him last year, but he's having a phenomenal, you know, stretch of hockey here. Even in the games we lose, the the special teams have been a bright spot for us. But who other 
D-Law, you said it was a beauty. Who else would be fitting to score the overtime winner for the Red Wings against the Colorado Avalanche? Not that there's any relation to that, but we'll see where I'm going. D-Law, do you remember who scored that overtime winner? Patrick Kane. Showtime, baby. He has proven himself as a Red Wing, um, and I think that this is just the the tip of the iceberg with these guys. I'm hoping that they can stay together. Kane made a comment in today's game, which I'll get into, which makes me a little nervous. But all in all, you know, Detroit went in there. They they played. They competed all 60 minutes. The game didn't get away from them at any point in time. You know, everybody played their position. Everybody was on pucks. The gap control was was extremely well, and they played a hard-fought game. The cool thing about this game is Patrick Kane, who is, you know, he, he so far has enjoyed his time in Detroit. He's playing good hockey right now. You know, he's trying to prove to himself, let alone those in the league, that he still belongs, and he's doing a darn good job at it. But as everyone's celebrating center ice, he breaks off just to get the crowd into it. Like, man, this is a great feeling. We just knocked off a top team in overtime. Let's keep this going. Let's keep this going. Keep going. Cheer. Keep keep screaming. Keep hooting. Have a good time. And that's what had happened. So I thought that was cool that he went out and like, hey, fans, we got this. I'm with you. So good game. It was just a good game. Now the fun game. Let's move into St. Louis coming to town. I feel bad. But I don't feel bad because wait. Wait. Hang on. Wait. Oh, we're not done yet. Four goals in the first period. Detroit came out of this game on fire. All the pregame show they had talked about, like, is this team ready to compete? Is this team ready to make it in a splash in the playoffs? Is this team really a team that's going to, you know, even make it to the playoffs? And you have to look at it. While St. Louis isn't one of your, your top teams, but they're right there. They're a playoff team. You know, they're, they're 30, 25, and 2. They're they're right there. I mean, Nashville's right there, too, as much as I bash Nashville. But Nashville's always that team that's on the outside. But I, I'm not getting into that right now. But St. Louis is currently holding a playoff spot. Tied with the Preds. They are. They are. But well, you know, St. Louis is a team that Detroit has to beat. Another one like Colorado. You get one of these. Like, if you're going to play in the playoffs, you're going to play playoff teams, and you got to win those games. Detroit came out and had four goals in the first period. That's how you come out and, and you show the dominance. They had one within the first 10 seconds, I think. It was like right out the face. 33 seconds, Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane, showtime again. Again. He's red hot. He's absolutely red hot. I'm surprised Bennington didn't do his little high-sticking thing, but he didn't get a chance he, to. No, he, he got a tripping penalty, which, you know, followed up with a power play goal. So, yeah, I mean, just, just undis, you know, undisciplined hockey. And, you know, while I shouldn't say all the goals are his fault because they weren't. I mean, the, the defense couldn't stop Detroit. 
their passes oh, there, quick. I mean, if you did you watch any of the games? There, there was some great passing by Detroit. I mean, the oh, way they bang, bang, bang. on that one, and uh, it was uh, your favorite, uh, your unsung hero, Gus, Gus Asperman, a great pass threading over the game. Right. That yeah, was, I mean, it's just tic-tac-toe. I mean, the entire, like, the power play is all quick movements. And when you watch teams and you watch the good teams, the puck moves quickly and it moves often. So that way you can't ever really get set. And Detroit's doing that. I haven't seen this style of hockey since late 90s, early 2000s from Detroit. And just take out the physicality, but the the offense is there. They're playing some good defense. And everything is just clicking. I mean, 33 seconds in, Kane Nets is his 11th of the season. Then you've got Rasmussen, Fabry, and Debrinket all to follow. Debrinket has two on the night. You know, that was just just incredible. The nice thing also is I always talk about Detroit gets power play goals, power play goals, power play goals. While their power play is red hot, four of these goals were even strength goals. The first four goals, even strength goals. That means they were playing five-on-five hockey. It means we're, you know, again, playoff hockey, and we get four goals. Detroit had a five-on-three power play as well. Yeah, no, they did. They did. And it was later in the game, and they, you know, they kept the pedal, and and St. Louis killed it off. It was a good kill. You know, you're not going to score every power play. And I I don't want to steal your recap, so I just, just, but I just wanted to. No, it's okay. Yeah, I thought, you know, the momentum was going to change. I didn't see the third period. I saw the first two. Um, yeah, there was no scoring in the third period. They killed off the five on three, and then rather right after, and not sure how long after that, the Blues scored a goal. And I thought maybe the momentum changed, but then the Wings, you know, I'm sure you'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't go any – I mean, the Wings just ran the tables. They they won six to one. Um, You know, they really shut – St. Louis down at every step of the way. The gap control is even tighter than it was in Colorado. St. Louis just couldn't get set up for anything. Detroit just kept, you know, forcing turnovers. I mean, this this was the game that I hope Detroit can carry into the rest of the season. Like, I get it. We're not going to win out the season. The odds of that are, you know, unrealistic. But if we can keep these tight games against good teams, and we can, you know, we're, we're clicking. We're clicking. And, you know, one thing I want to talk about, like I know we, we might get into news and stuff, but we got some stuff going on here. But I just want to pull up some stuff, some stats here about the the, the new acquisitions from Steve Eiserman Steve this year. So you've got Alex DeBrinkett. You've got JT Comfer. You've got... Uh, Evan, or Evander Kane. Oh, I'm losing my mind. Patrick Kane. You've got Daniel Sprung, Christian Fisher, and Jeff Petrie. Now, let's go. I just want to hit their stats quick. To bring it, 19 goals, 28 assists. Confer, 13 goals, 20 assists. Kane, 10 goals, 14 assists. Sprung, 15 goals, 20 assists. Fisher, 2 goals, 4 assists. Petrie, 2 goals, 14 assists. Or 11. Fisher had has 11 assists. Petrie, two goals, 14 assists. You know, that's that's a total of 168 points by guys that Steve Eiserman has gone out and found and brought into Detroit on, on team-friendly contracts. So um, at this point in the game, 
I got to recant everything that I've ever said in the past few weeks. I was a disgruntled Red Wings fan hoping for a season that finally turned around and post All-Stars game, they've turned that season around. And I should never have questioned the Iser plan as you know, upset as I had been about the wings, not making any headway um, and about Derek Lalone, like questioning if he still had the guys that was stupid of my, of my part because Lalone is acting like the Dan Campbell of hockey right now. And I love it. I love it. I love the fire he's got over there. I love that. They pointed out, you know, he's, he's a, he's a guy, he's a leader. He's a guy for these, these, these young kids. So, you know, I, I should, I'm sitting in my place. I'm going to ride this out and I'm just going to let the Red Wings be the Red Wings because I got to have more faith. I got to believe in this, in this plan. So the guys that, that Detroit has brought in, you know, they're, they're making it happen. And let's see one, two, two of those guys um, that have 48 points combined are fourth liners. 48 points just for two guys on a fourth line is not too shabby. You had, you had Robbie Fabry into that mix and that's, that's your, you know, that's your fourth line. That's, that's pretty good when you're getting those secondary points out of those guys. That's, that's when, that's when you start winning your games. That's when things start to, to come together. And I also want to mention that Rasmussen uh, just signed and I like Rasmussen. He was getting a lot of Raz on the social media sites you know, I, I get that people might not like it because he's not a flashy player. Like he's just not one of those uh, Patrick Canes that has the the hands or the Connor uh, McDavid speed. Like he's not that guy. But if he's used properly, when he's in front of the net, things happen. Two of the goals tonight, he was in front of the net, just making things happen. He's a plus eleven on the season. You know, he's he's twenty four years old. He just signed a four year contract for twelve point eight million. You know, three point Two million average per year, extremely, you know, friendly to the the cap. He'll be twenty eight when this is over, so the wings can now decide if if he's on the up and up, if he's on the on the downhill slide, if he's worth another contract, if he can be dished. It gives them that that cushion to say, hey, you know, we can we can ride this guy out in his in the rest of his career, or hey, he's starting to decline in his age. It's time to time to move on. So great signing by by Iserman. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity for Rasmussen. I think he's only going to get better from here because I think he's starting to get comfortable in front of the net. Like, I wish I could just send him a letter and say, watch Tomas Holmstrom, watch Tomas Holmstrom, because Rasmussen's hand-eye has, in my opinion, is is very well. He's always tipping pucks when he's in that position, and he's a big body for goalies to look around, and he's not easily going to be pushed around. Like, I wish they would get him involved in front of the net more, but he's doing it a little bit more which i'm i'm happy about but i just you know again being a spoiled red wings fan with four stanley cup victories having observed those and watching a guy like tomas holmstrom you, you get you get a little um spoiled and but i think it's all going to come around i think i think detroit's trending in the right direction right now i don't know how you can't be happy if you're not a wings fan but this this team has something going right now and and I'm excited to see how we can wrap this up. Like, I, I want to see this. I want to get ourselves into a playoff spot and out of the wild card position. You know, give ourselves a little more cushion to make that that run. Because right now, we're not in a good spot for the lottery or for 
or for the playoffs. So you might as well make that that hard, deep push right now and see what we can do. But you know, that's that's what I got for Detroit. I mean, that's everything on the Detroit front right now. Good hockey going on, and I just hope they keep it up. So, Dela, well, let's, let's head into the the world of Nashville. Well, well, uh, bef- uh, bef- just before you mentioned, uh, before we start on that, I just want uh, well, Detroit. You know, there's right now they're sitting in the first wildcard spot, so they would have either. Well, I think it would be either Boston or the Rangers. Uh, they're both tied, so one. I of those, would hope Boston. Guess, Boston's on a decline right that now. Would, I would believe it would be tonight. I believe the first wild card will get the second division. The, the the leader the whoever wins the Eastern Conference would get the second wild card. I believe that's how it goes. Yeah, Boston and, just and lost overtime against the Canucks tonight. But um, a struggling believe, Canucks team. But uh, again, just before we go into the Preds, I only got two games for them. I believe I just I for, just remember this. The Colorado was that like a Darren McCarty night? Oh, it was. It was a, there was a lot of a lot of ridiculous. Darren McCarty. I don't know if they if he was there or I just he was. saw a lot of. Yeah, he okay. was there. Like uh, just kind of fitting. It was against Colorado, and also. Um, yeah, I know you you kind of breeze through that five on three uh, kill and on St. Louis game. I, I want to say, I mean, it's five killing off a of five and three is, you know, if you kill that, I mean, it works both ways. I mean, if you score, you got you huge momentum, you actually got a goal. But if you kill off a of five on three, and I mean, I, I don't know if it, I don't think it was too lengthy. It wasn't a full two minutes. It was maybe a minute, maybe a little bit less. But still, in any case, a five-on-three power play, you kill it off. You get it. You get the momentum. You, you know, and then and then to score, um, not immediately after, but you know, I think it was a couple minutes after, and you know that'll really get the momentum. But just the way Detroit responded after that goal, I mean, yeah, they, I mean they bent, but they didn't cave. And and that's what teams are. I, I still think you know they're probably two three years away from actually le- legitimately competing for a division or or even 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 thoughts of the final. But I mean they're yeah, you know I mean, you never know they, you know they they might be a scary team going to the playoffs. And, and you uh, got to think about this, D Law. Remember the St. Louis team a few years back when they won it. They went from came, last they, place. And they Up came in the first place and I won believe, the Stanley Cup. I thought they entered that as a wild card and and, and made it and won. The, yeah, I believe they did enter it as a wild they, card, but they, they were at one point in the season. Place. They were dead last in the season, and they ended up winning the Stanley Cup. So I mean, anything is possible. I mean, right now, as much as I raz on on Nashville for not starting a rebuild, like I get it. Everyone wants to call this different things, but. You know, it's it's just I'm not even sure where I was going with all that. But. I, I think they had a coaching change that year, and and they were saying, you know, they had a coaching but, change but, year, and their their power. I think they were talking about that today, as far as their power play is. Right, but St. Louis, you know, they, they, they went from better. from worst to first. So I mean, anything is ha- could happen. I mean, Nashville could make a run tomorrow. They could make a run and win their next game. They could win their next four games. They could win their next ten yeah. games. Well, they could make a run and, and you know find their way into the playoffs. They're on a little run now. They had to go into Vegas, very hard place to play. You know, Lincoln gets a start in this one. Aiden Hill for Vegas. 
So, you know, Vegas is a very tough place to play. Vegas, they're struggling a little bit, but they're still top t- top team. And we'll get into this a little bit later. You know, Eichel's up back on that long-term IR. They're playing the injury game again. And uh, Stone got injured. Mark Stone, he got injured in the uh, first period, I believe. It was the first or second period and uh, in this game. So he's going to be out. I, not on IR yet. I don't know. I, I'm not... I'm done with that part of it. You know, they're just, that's the way Vegas rolls. Uh, but, you know, they tried to get an early goal. Uh, it was Luke Evangelista again. So, you know, the depth scoring is coming into play. And it's a good thing because Forsberg's kind of in a little slump right now. He hasn't really scored in the last couple of games, but they're getting it from their depth players. They're young, young players. Evangelista, he scored, uh, if I, you remember the uh, last show, he scored the last game. You know, the power, 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 power play, it didn't look too bad in this game, but they just didn't get any shots. They were moving the puck around. They had, they had it in the zone, but they really didn't get a lot of shots, and you're not going to score unless you don't put some shots on that. You know, Vegas came back and tied this. I'm not going to harp on Lincoln. In. Uh, he played a really great game in this game. But I think it was kind of an iffy goal. He probably should have had it. That's all I'm going to leave it, leave it at that. Preds, like I said, with their shots. You know, they kept missing the net. How many times? But then uh, a former Vancouver, or a former Vancouver, Vegas, Vancouver, I don't know. Uh, former Vegas Cody Glass, uh, young player they got from player that's not even playing for the for the Vegas anymore. Turns out to be a pretty good trade. He scores a beautiful goal, top corner, um, and then another on Novak. So uh, you know, as I say, in the depth, the depth scoring. He just scored just after the power play. Pressure on the power play was a key to this goal. So I mean, like I said, the power play is kind of struggling, but. You know they're gaining, they're gaining that pressure. They're gaining that momentum. Uh, Sissons, uh, he he got called. I, I don't normally you know mention trip penalty or anything, but they called him for a trip. But it was, I mean, it was clearly a dive. Uh, I don't remember who who it was. Um, but I believe the the Preds did kill this penalty off, and then uh, Stevens on the on the on the uh, from the Knights, he had a really bad penalty while they were on the power play. Actually, it was that power play, I believe. It was a retaliatory penalty cross check. That was it was just a bad bad play by Stevenson I, or Stevens. I kind of surprised. I guess I guess coaches don't bench players, but I was kind of surprised he didn't sit a couple shifts on that for that one. McCarron just he just threw it in that and uh Smith the guy was he was right in front and that's you know you, in this day and age you got to get people bodies in the front so the goalie you know take the goalie's eyes away. Uh Smith got a stick on it, tipped it in. Little Vegas kept counting back. It was uh they eventually cut the lead 4-3. They pulled a goaltender, and Nyquist, from his own defensive zone, fired it way up and uh, found the empty net. So probably a good thing that he did because if he missed the net, obviously it would have been icing. But he, he hit the net. It was actually dead center, too. So uh, I'm sure he practices that in, in practice sometimes or after practice probably. So that put him up 5-3, and... Tell you what, the Preds played a really good first and second periods. They kind of were on their heels in the third. Um, but Lankinen was just amazing. Vegas, you know, they came out in the third period. And uh, 
attacked them, but uh, they, they held on, and, and Lincoln had made some huge saves. And then our interesting note on this one, you know, they held the start of the road game. They were at home. Um, they were supposed to leave for Vegas last Saturday night after the game, but because of that terrible, terrible game, you know, that third, the prior Thursday against Dallas, they and uh, they did they did win the last Saturday. It was against leaving for Vegas on Monday. So that you know so they were gonna have a couple days uh in Vegas. So they probably decided, you know not give them that little fun time in Vegas. Probably, probably a good thing. So that leads them to the Kings, another team that's well, they were kinda Kind of struggling, uh, but they're still a top team. They are uh, the Kings are uh, holding on to the first wild card. They're just like four points ahead of the Predators, but more depth scoring for the Predators. And I did not get to see this game because it was on ESPN Plus version. I saw the highlights of the goals and the announcers. I'm not sure who the announcers were because I because I couldn't hear it. See, see the full game, so I just got a little bit of clips of the goals and. Yeah, I could tell they were definitely biased. Any of the press goals, they acted like surprise, like, and they didn't have any emotions. They acted like, what, what are the Preds doing scoring? But when the Kings goal scored, which happened to be an ex-Predator, Fiala, uh, they were like really excited, like, oh, the Kings scored. So I don't know. Um, I'm not going to go more into that. But, it, you know, the younger players, um, you know, Sissons had three points in this game. They won four to one. Uh, Saros was in net for this one. Uh, he made 27 saves. And, you know, Trinan scores, you know, uh, first. So they, you know, start with a lot of lead. And Jankowski, who's been getting called up and down, up and down the last week or two, he scored. And, you know, and I mentioned Sissons. He had uh, uh, a goal and two assists. And then uh, Lazan, that was uh, that was an oh wait, they had two empty net goals, Sissons and Lazan. It was actually a two to one game, uh, but those two empty net goals made a four to one. So, but you know, there was you know more, uh, you know, four different goal scorers again. So the depth is. It's nice to see the young players and the depth, you know, start a score because that's the future of the, of the team. That's all I have for the recaps, but I just want to – I know we usually go into the Red Wings team news first, um, but just uh, I want to keep rolling. I don't have much. I already went through the Detroit, so keep rolling. Roll away. So, I, you know, I just want to mention, you know, when Bruno was coaching Florida, uh, their, their offense was – they had such an amazing offense. And now it's like – so lately, you know, the press, you know, and, and two of their players, their top players have 20 goals, uh, 20, uh, 24 goals, I believe it is. Uh, Forsberg uh, has 26 goals and, and then O'Reilly has 20 and then Sissons has 15. So, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just something, but that's, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on that. Uh, I do want to go into some, uh, their goaltending situation is kind of unique. Um, and, and I, I, I don't want to be jumping uh, way ahead into the, to the admirals. Um, but it might tie into that. Um, I'll try and I'll try to keep that from later. 
But uh, going back to Lankinen, he, you know, he started against Vegas, and he he seems to start against the top teams. He beat Dallas twice. Uh, last time I checked, they're a top team. Uh, maybe not. Um, they, he beat Vegas, uh, Carolina. I guess Carolina's a good team. They're sitting, uh, where are they, sitting third? Or actually, yeah, they're sec- second behind the Rangers. And then um, Edmonton on the road. So, you know, right there, you know, he plays against the top teams. So, and he's and he's playing really good. So, He's 28 years old, obviously, same age as UC Soros. Uh, salary is $2 million, and he's going to be a uh, free agent uh, in next year, 24-25. So he's still got one more year with the Predators. This is where it gets interesting. Uh, back in 2021, uh, he was playing with Chicago. He had 37 starts. He was 17, 14, and 5 with a 301 goals against. And then in 2021-22, with still with Chicago, he had 29 starts. He was 8, 15, and 6 with a 3.5. And then he joined the Predators in 22-23, which was last last season. He had 18 starts, 9-8-1. His goals against dropped even more, 2.75. And then this year, he's got the 11 starts, 7-4, and a lot of those starts are against top teams. Goals against a little bit higher this year just because, I mean, not as of late, obviously. Um, but then he got Soros previous seasons. He's been in the two goals against average uh, range, anywhere from 2.6, 2.7, 2.5, somewhere on in there. He's the same age as Lincoln, and his salary is $5 million. He's going to be a uh, free agent the same year next year. He's got one year left, uh, so they're both going to be free agent uh, after next season. Saros' goals against this year is 2.97. And then they got um, an amazing goalie down in Milwaukee. He's playing absolutely red hot. Uh oh. So down in Milwaukee they got who's playing red hot and probably uh why, you know, they're on this big night well night I don't want to jump ahead, but nineteen game win streak now. Uh Yaroslav Askarov. He's twenty one years old now. So he's actually a little bit younger. And he's still under in his three year contract that he signed. Twenty four, twenty five is his last year of that contract, which it was a $5.3 million contract. So it's a 1.7 a year. And uh, his cap hit is only 925,000, well, only. In 22-23, which was last year, he played 48 games. He had four assists, which he's a goalie, so it doesn't really, assists really doesn't really matter. Uh, He was 26-16-5 with a 2.69. So that's, I mean, I know AHL, NHL, it's a lot different. But the the G that goes against roughly run the same as Lincoln and Saros. And then this season he's played twenty eight games. Obviously the season's still going on. His goals against is two point zero four this season and actually might draw uh actually he didn't play tonight. And he's twenty one six and one. He's got five shutouts, which is second in the league to Another great goal in, in Washington's farm system uh, for Hershey, Clay Stevens, he's, he's got six shutouts. And his goals against 1.89, so he's so he's on top. The only one who's got a better goals against than than uh, Askarov is Stevenson. So 
He's second. Askarov is second. Um, he's got one assist in this um, in this season. So this is where it gets interesting. Now I know the Predators are in a wild card spot. Um, depending on what happens, you know the trade deadline's coming up in the next week or so. Uh, like I guess it's next Friday. I think it's the first or second or third or some somewhere on in there. The Preds keep Askar. That I mean, I know he's going to be as he's going to be a uh, his his contract expires at the end of twenty five. Their key, I think, their priority is to sign him, get him signed up, maybe four or five, four or five year contract, maybe maybe like a Soros or um, well, Soros is making five million a year, so maybe. Maybe around that. So, so Askarov is, is the future of the Predators. So that leaves you with the decision on Lincoln and Saros. They're both 20 years old. <sighs> Lincoln showed that he can play against the top teams. I don't know if he's ready to hit 60, 70 games in the season. Maybe he is. He is. He's of that. He's obviously, he obviously played you know, 37 starts with with Chicago. And then uh, you know you you bring in a scar off. He's playing magnificent in Milwaukee this year. You bring him up, not this year. Let him ride out Milwaukee, and then next year you bring him up. I don't want to see him sit the bench and be a backup. But I don't know if you really want to throw him in as a starter right away. So. I don't know if he could really, you know, there's Soros. I don't know. He's, he might have a few more years left. So maybe you find a team that's made two, three years away from really contending like a, to, for a couple, like I had mentioned earlier, the Detroit or um, maybe who else would be. Um, Are you saying Detroit needs a goalie? I didn't say they needed a goalie. What I'm saying is find a team that's two or three years away. Now, Saros is 28 years old. He's obviously got probably maybe two, three, four years left. So you trade into a team that's two or three years away from from really getting that cup. Now, why would you and wait two or three years? I'm not talking about the Brewers waiting two or three years to trade on. I'm talking about trading them now to a team. You train it right now. You train into a team that's two to three years away to really, really compete for the cup. Who's going to be a favorite in those two or three years. So he could maybe, cause obviously he wants a cup. And then, so, I don't know what you would get. I mean, obviously, the asking price is probably going to be pretty high. So maybe get some draft picks, maybe a prospect. But then next season, but then, you know, like if you do trade, obviously, trade stars this year, Kevin Lincoln will obviously be, become a starter for the rest of the season. Or you wait until after the, se- after the season. But anyway, so next season, you know, you may- maybe you wait until the off season to move Saros. I don't know. Um, you Diaskin price price still going to be high until next season when he's going to become a free agent. So next season, you know, you bring Kevin Lincoln in, he'll be, be the starter. But you kind of like split a scarf, like maybe each like forty, maybe give Lincoln forty fifty games, and then a scar off plays a balance. So you're not playing a goalie sixty seventy times like you know like Saros has been the last couple of years. At least now, 
I mean, maybe in a year or two, Ascarf will be able to play because I think after seeing him lately in the Milwaukee, I, I know this is, it's the AHL, it's a lot different level. I think Ascarf is going to be an elite goaltender like a Vasilevsky or like Flurry was back in the day with Pittsburgh. It, it, even maybe with Vegas, although Vegas had a lot better team around him. With that said, you got Lincoln and Askarov next year getting that balance, and then you're also throwing Askarov in 40, 45 games maybe. So he'll get that time as an NHL, and he's only 21. And... I know Detroit's got a great goal. You know, uh, Lyon is playing really great right now. He's 31 years old, so he probably doesn't have that many years left. If Detroit decides to keep him, you know, either, you know they might not make that deep run. Who knows? Maybe if they do, it's probably because of him. So it's kind of a tricky situation. But do you trade Lyon? He's 31 years old, so he's probably not. He's at the probably at the end of his career. Um, he's been around. Do you Absolutely trade to a hot contender? No, not at all. Okay, then. So then, the Detroit. I'm saying that is because we're we're in a playoff spot. Why change it? It's working. True. True. Okay. So then you you go you. And you know, then again, I you know we're excited I, about our guy in Grand Rapids. We're we're planning on our future. He's uh, kind of like an Askarov level, or or just under him. He's getting I mean, there. I mean, he's he's. I think he's got less time in the AHL, so he's still developing. But right now, he's on a great hot streak, and he's he's played, you know, a handful of games less than um, Askarov, who you hated, by the way, the last season. I really didn't watch him. I know, but you argued that you didn't have a good goalie, that he wasn't any good. And I'm sure we can pull the audio. But I'm glad you're coming around to finally see the potential that this kid has. Well, you know, I've been telling you I, for two years now that this kid's going to be good. I'm not a good goalie. Just wait till we get to the, to the Admirals uh, part in the show. And, and, and it'll, you know, that's, I just wanted to, I hate to trade Saros, but. I and Link, it's either going to be him or Lankinen. I mean, Lankinen's been playing really high. They're the same age, you know. He he's actually, you know, he makes less than Saro, so I'm looking at it that way, five million to two million. But you still would have to sign Lankinen. So I mean, obviously, they're not going to sign both. They're both they're both the contracts to run out same year. They're probably not going to sign both. And then you got Askarov, whose his contract runs out the year after. Well, actually. No, actually, they're all three, 24, 25. They're actually all three of their contracts. So you're not, you're probably only going to sign probably two of the three. You could probably, you could probably get, you know, Lincoln in probably, th- you might have to pay three, four million a year. He's making two million now. I don't know. Depends on how he plays next year. But that's why it's going to, unless they just keep Sarles. I mean, they might just they might just do it in the off season. I, I think next year you're in a good uh, spot. You're in a I good think, spot because you've got you've got the ability to play at the deadline. And I, I don't I, even know if I would do it this year at the deadline because you know you you do want to try to make a push with who you've got because I mean unless you plan on bringing him up, but I, I think like you said, 
keeping him down to get those reps to get the confidence before he comes up to the big team. But I think after the season, I think you've got opportunities to 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 try to flip one of these goaltenders. Like Detroit was riding three goaltenders, and I think the sole purpose of that was to be able to flip one of them at the trade deadline and get you know a, a pick, even if it's a late round pick. And I think the Predators are going to have a, an opportunity to do something for higher quality value because they've got you know three better goaltenders than what Detroit has. Yeah, but I think next year, next season, around this time, uh, Oscar is good. That's going to be a key to sign him. To, oh, you know, sure. he, he's there. Uh, he's going to be their future. He, he's not even going if, anywhere. Even, even if he had to give up, uh, let somebody like a Forsberg go. I, I would hate to see them do that, but it depends. I guess it's not a rookie deal. You won't have to worry about it. No, he's already making five million. Yeah, that's all right. He, he they they must have re-signed him uh, on the ELC contract, entry level contract. Uh, actually, it was it was a three or five million. It was it's one point seven a, a year. Yeah, so it's a little bit more than the true ELC. So he must have been eighteen when they signed him because he's twenty one. I think his birthday is in June, I believe it is. So he'll be twenty two. So he he must have been eighteen or so, or nineteen. Because um, the contract expires next year, and I'll probably be revisiting this again later in the show, in our AHL update. But um, I know we've been talking about power plays. As far as you know, you're talking about you know a lot of teams. You know the power play is not a good power play. Maybe one a game. The power play, as far as the team, you got Tampa Bay's leading with a 29.7% and Toronto with 28%. And then Carolina is also at 27.5. So, you, you know, you don't even have a team that's over, that's 30% power play. So I guess, you know, you're right about 29% of the time, you know, 30%. That's like three out of 10 times you're going to score a power play goal. So, and you probably only get what? maybe three, four games. So, yeah, I guess one one power play a goal a game is probably pretty good then. Yeah, I'd say so. So I just, you know, I was trying, you know, I guess I'm just kind of hard on the power play, thinking they should score every time they have a power play. But I, I guess that's just not the way it is. And I, and I just wanted to mention um, – it was kind of fun. Philadelphia was giving away some uh, gritty, not not the gritty, like the Detroit gritty, which well, uh, I got a little little information on that. Um, the other, their their mascot, their they had like earmuffs, and it's kind of funny. Their commercial, they were using their coach, and you know how he likes to go off as tangent and you know, tor- Tortorella, uh, you know, how he likes to go off and swear and all that. And it's kind of funny how their commercial, they kept, like they had him up there, like he's doing his press conference and he's off. It's like, Man, and then he starts swearing and then you can hear somebody earmuffs and Gritty puts his earmuff on and kind of like to close his ears. And I don't know, just kind of, kind of a dumb commercial, but I, I just thought it was kind of, kind of funny thing i think it's the stupidest looking mascot in the history of mascots oh i don't know why they that's just yeah it's like 
I don't know. It looks like a baseball mascot. As far as the, the Detroit gritty, I don't know how true it is. I, I saw something on social media. It might have been just a kind of a joke, like a meme. Uh, I don't know how true it is. I didn't see anything more about it, but apparently Batman doesn't want the gritty. He wants to outlaw the gritty or something, like the celebration. I don't know. I, I, I'm hoping it's just like a joke. I don't know if you've seen anything about that. I haven't. Yes, I'm. I'm thinking it's probably a joke, you know, because everybody hates Batman. So I just uh, roll into some injuries and finds out. Apparently, the Washington is very. Uh, I didn't hear any more on it. They're very concerned about Oshi. It was a non-contact injury. He actually had to crawl off the ice. So I mean, it it was an injury. So it wasn't. It wasn't a skate issue. You know how a lot of skates. But a lot of players, their skate comes off and they actually have to crawl, um, you know, because obviously they can't skate on a skate that doesn't have a you know, blade. Um, but this was actually, it was, an, he didn't get hit or anything. So I you don't know, I, I haven't heard any more on it. So I don't know if you heard anything. No, I, I haven't caught up on that. Oh, I saw that the other day as far as that. The only other one is Lomberg. Did we talk about Lomberg? That he got fined for elbowing Ch- Chickering from the Senators. That was on Tuesday, the 20th game. 21st. Tuesday. Oh, no, 20. Yes, it was the 20th. I'm sorry. I, I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, the the don't penalty to him came on the 21st in the $2,083. Okay. So they they're not hitting a lot of suspensions down. Uh, they've been f- just finding finding players lately. Do they have any other injuries other than Oshi? I think that's all, all I have as far as injuries and suspensions. Yeah, I don't. Uh, there there's not any other ones. There are obviously no trades yet, which that might be coming up. I think it's time for the Pred Wings ten. Uh, you want me to start this week, or you want to start? No, yeah, go for it. Uh, so I got the Rangers on top this week. Uh, Vancouver struggled a couple. I mean, they they you know they they did win a, they did win some, but they lost. They did lose a cute couple key games. Then I got Boston back on top. They they won. They beat. They actually beat. Actually, I think they beat Vancouver. I think they one of the games. I think they beat Vegas too. And then I got Vancouver signed to the third spot. Vegas signed to the fourth. They've been kind of struggling a little bit as of late. They did. They have won a couple. Um, and then I got Edmonton at the five spot. And then Florida, Carolina, I switched them around, even though uh, I believe Carolina just beat Florida, but Florida's been red hot. So then I got Tampa Bay staying the same at eight. I got Dallas moving back in at nine. And then I got Detroit moving into ten. Um, well, that's I, nice. I had them. I don't think we're quite there yet, but we're I, we're working on it. I, they've been really hot as of late, and I, I did have them in there earlier this season. Um, but you know, they had a, they, they've been red hot lately. You know, the four straight wins. Um, they could drop on next week. Who knows? See what happens. You know, they keep winning. Who knows? Um, I think Detroit could squeak their way into the top uh, ten here, but I just don't think we're quite there yet. 
And then, because uh, that means the Kings in Colorado dropped out for the moment, but they're probably just taking a week off, maybe. And then I just want to mention Washington, although I think they just lost a couple. They're, they're kind of funny team. Well, they're sitting in fifth. They're one point behind New Jersey. Uh, they just won an overtime game. They're four, three, and three in their last 10. So they're kind of, they're a scary team. Uh, Ovechkin was red hot. I think he did, he did I think the last game he, didn't score though, but and then uh, Calgary. I just wanted to mention Calgary again uh, last week. You know they're 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 another team that's you, you can't you can't sleep on. You know they're going to be. You know I know they're sitting six, but they're tied with Seattle. Seattle's kind of going down. Um, they probably won't make. They probably won't make the wild, you know, wild card. Um, there's a lot of teams, but you know, who knows? They, you know, they keep getting hot. You sleep on them, and they're only a few points behind Nashville and St. Louis for that wild card spot. So <clears throat> we'll just have to see what happens. But I would not sleep on Calgary. No, me neither. Um, I've got Vancouver, New York, who I think is still playing great hockey. Florida. Uh, unchanged. So my top three remains the same from last week. Uh, but then I've got Dallas. I've got Boston, who just lost to Vancouver uh, tonight. Uh, Colorado, who just lost to Detroit. Uh, Winnipeg, Carolina, Toronto, and Vegas. And I, I will have Detroit as, you know, an honorable special mention. Uh, but we got to keep winning a few more games before I can really keep us you know, put us in the top 10. Like, I don't want to be a homer. All right, so that leads us into some AHL updates. I guess I can start with the Admirals. They just won parlor tonight uh, against Chicago. They have a 19-game win streak now. That is second to the Admirals' 28-game win streak. A couple of games ago, they they tied uh, the 17-game, obviously. The 18th game, Tino, was Chicago. They beat Chicago four to nothing. Uh, that extended the streak to eighteen games. So that was the game before the, the tonight. Askarov played in this game. He had twenty-seven shades shutout, and once again he shut the net down. That's what he does when he gets a shutout. He closes. He takes the net and tips it over. So like the front of the net is laying against the ice. I think he used to play for Buffalo. Cody Hodgson. He's he came back. Uh, this. Uh, I think, yeah, I thought he was retired. I thought somebody said he was retired. Last game, he, he scored, and he, he he again scored this other this game against Chicago. Zach LaRue, he's going to be uh up-and-coming player for the Predators. He was actually drafted in 2021 in the first round. He scored a couple goals the last game, and he scored... Scored one in this game, and then uh, uh, Cal O'Reilly had a couple. Uh, he's he's seen he, he's more of a veteran player. He's played in he's played with Predators. Um, I think his brother is Ryan O'Reilly, I believe it is. And then of you know, of course Rocco Grimaldi, I believe he used to play. He plays in Chicago now. I think he's a. I think he, he I think he was on the Predators at one time. He he actually scored to make it. Uh, yeah, he was definitely a pred. Carter fighter for yeah. There's too many, too damn, too many damn players out there now. There used to be predators. It's not right. I don't know. But in this game, um, it was five to four. Troy Grossnick got the start. That's probably why they scored four goals. 
Because if Oscar outplayed, he probably, they probably wouldn't have scored. But still, 32 saves, or 32 shots. 32 shots on Troy Grosnick. Extend, what extended their game, their win streak to 19. In any easier in their next game, trying to make it 20 tomorrow against Grand Rapids, who's on a little streak of their own. Is that correct? Yeah, they're not too bad. They're 24, 15, and 5. Uh, again, they're playing great hockey. They've got a great stretch here out of, out of Casa. He's playing playing really well in between the pipes. Um, but one thing I wanted to get into when we talked about the Griffins was Jonathan Berggren. You know, he's a guy that has been talking about how he's disgruntled. He's, you know, he's, he's come up and he's produced. He's, he's definitely capable of producing. The problem is we got Patrick Kane back from injury. I mean, obviously you're going to play Patrick Kane over Jonathan Berggren. It's kind of a, un you know, kind of a unforeseen circumstance. And I think Bergeron wants out, which is okay at the moment. I know Kane's not going to last forever. So it's kind of a little nerve wracking, but I think we can flip him for, you know, if he doesn't want to sign a contract, he just passed up on a contract that was offered to him. So he's looking to be moved out of Detroit. So that could get Detroit some extra draft picks and maybe swap a prospect or something because he's obviously an NHL caliber slash ready player but right now he leads us with with 39 points he's he's playing phenomenal for us Edvinson on defense you know I think he'll come up and, and replace Petrie um, then you have uh, Carter Mazur who can play right wing but I think he's going to be more of a depth player than he will be you know like a first or second liner but I think we've got some some good pieces right now the draft we still have some like Nate Danielson who's I think he was just traded to i want to say like i don't even know i don't even know what team he was traded to um but we have him waiting to come up he's just got to get you know probably into grand rapids next year so i mean we've we've got some depth i mean we're in we're in a pretty good position at the moment uh not too worried about too much but yeah i'm just happy to see that the depth is finally kind of getting I don't want to say ready, but you know they're they're showing signs of being ready to break the NHL. So we're 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 close with our prospects. They're getting there. Um, unfortunately, we'll probably lose one to the Patrick Kane situation, but that's okay. That that's going to happen. But yeah, I think I think Grand Rapids is in a good good spot at the moment. Hopefully, we can put an end to uh, the Admirals tomorrow and put Ascroft back in place and show him who's, who's his daddy. You moron. But we'll, uh, we'll hopefully get there. We'll see what happens tomorrow. And, uh, the Griffins are, they got a 14 game point streak or 10 0 2 and 2. I don't know what their jerseys, they're like, were they wearing special I jerseys? Saw that it was playing against the stars. They beat the stars four to one. It was like pink. Yeah. That, it was that logo was like, I don't know. That logo's kind of weird. I don't know. It's like, and Kel O'Reilly is indeed the brother of uh, Ryan O'Reilly. And it was funny because uh, obviously Kel was drafted by Nashville fifth round. And he, Kel, 
two days after Ryan signed with the Preds, uh, Cal O'Reilly signed with the Admirals. So that's probably why he did that. I don't know. Who knows? The Admirals do play, I believe they're at Grand Rapids. Yes, they're at Grand Rapids, 5 o'clock uh, Eastern time. So hopefully they can keep rolling. I'm sure Scaroff will be in net for that one. He got the night off in, against Chicago. I guess we can roll into our weekly picks uh, now, which is not going to take too long. Uh, the Detroit side, we both got the Seattle game correct, and we both got the Colorado game wrong. Uh, we both picked a, uh, a loss. Go figure. And we both got Seattle right, so we stay on par for that one. I'm actually leading uh, in the Detroit category with 31 wins to your, to Ron, Ron's 27. So that's, I'm 54% on that one. And that means I know we already picked the Chicago game uh, last show, but let's uh, reiterate that one. Uh, I guess Detroit has. Let's go until March 2nd against Florida. I'm going to say let's do a win with Chicago, a win against Washington. Um, I'm going to go a loss against the Islanders. I just have a feeling they're going to lose. And I think they're going to bounce back and beat Florida. I think Detroit is here for real. I think what they showed today that they're ready to be contenders, and and I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna push. I think we're gonna keep making a push here. Oh, uh, so I'm gonna I I call the win for against Chicago. So I'm gonna stay with a win. Uh, I'm gonna say a win against Washington, a win against the Islanders because Washington's been kind of weird lately, and the Islanders they're just I think they're a mess. And but I think I'm gonna I am going to i am going to call a loss to Florida. Florida's been playing really really well lately. They are back on top. So that leads us over to the Preds. We both got the Vegas one wrong, which go figure. We both got the Kings game correct. So that leads me. We're we're both tied. We're actually tied for the Preds. So I'm not doing too well with the Preds. Twenty-seven wins for both. Forty-seven percent. So we need to start getting some uh, Preds right. There's a lot of red. A lot of, a lot of red. Um, what if I picked all wins and it's all? Red? Yeah. Well, I did have uh, five. Before the St. Louis one last week, I did have five incorrect wrong in a row picking them. So I'm starting to get back, even though we're actually both two and three the last three. So that leads us into the San Jose. Actually, we've already already, uh, picked those. I I called a win, so I'm going to stay with a win. And then the Anaheim, we we picked that last show. Um, I'm going to pick. I'm going to stay with that with a win. They're gold, then they return home after the Anaheim game to play Ottawa. That's I'm going to call that one a loss just because it's the first game back from a road trip. I know they've been feeling really good. It was a four-game road trip. Well, three-game. Well, sort of. Technically, it's a four-game road trip, even though they were home um, between St. Louis and Vegas. And then they got Minnesota coming in. I think they'll bounce back and beat Minnesota. And then they got Colorado, which I think, you know, they're Detroit, you know, that's a lot better team. I know they just beat Colorado, but Colorado is going to find a way. I know it's in Nashville. I think they'll lose to Colorado. 
Um, so win, win, loss, win, and a loss. All right, I am going to go San Jose. It's going to be a win. I think Ottawa is going to be a win. I think Minnesota will be a win. I think they'll squeak that out. That's where I think that they're going to fall. So I think it's going to be a win-loss, win-win-loss. So unless we have a show before that, we got a lot of a lot of games for next week. I think that's about it for uh, this episode, isn't it? Unless you got anything more? No, I think that's what I got. Our social media, Pred Wings Podcast on Facebook, Discord, Instagram, X, and YouTube. We're at Pred Wings Pod, and our email is Pred Wings Podcast at gmail.com. So, once again, thanks for tuning in to the Pred Wings Podcast, episode 82. Good night, Hockey Town. See ya, Smashville.